Hey everybody, welcome to That Photography Podcast. I'm Bruce Moyle and with me is... George Garnio. George is a Melbourne photographer, originally from... It's Ohio, isn't it? <laughs> no? no? Uh, Eugene, Oregon. Right, where did I get yeah. Ohio from? I don't know. I always, I always get this actually mixed up because Katie always talks about Ohio, Idaho, and for the longest time, yeah, I thought we bordered our state bordered um, Ohio, <laughs> and apparently Ohio is a couple states away from us. So <laughs> just ignore the middle. The, the middle <laughs> spiller. The middle. No one cares about the middle bit. No, right. Whatever that is, <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. Um, so I I met George well, a couple of years ago now. I suppose mm-hmm. it's been a bit mm-hmm. though. Um, you're more well known for your sort of arty semi-nude implied nudes and neon glamour i suppose is one way of putting it but yeah. i don't know what, what yeah. do, how do you prefer to describe it oh that's tough um yeah because the way i always looked at my work was i didn't want to be lumped in with the whole glamour aspect of things so when when somebody said um would talk about maxim or zoo um magazine yep i didn't like to be associated with those types of magazines not that i, I didn't respect the work that went into that it's just not what i wanted to produce um so not, not, not the lad mags yeah the traditional lad mags. right right yeah. right and even nowadays you look at maxim and it's actually quite higher end glamour um not towards your let's say your treats magazine or anything um so i don't think there's as much negative connotation to it but um, I would, I guess, I would say mine is kind of high, high end glamour. Yeah. Even though I don't, I would wouldn't want to say it's that. Hard. It's hard. I have to admit glamour it. has that stigma attached to oh, 100%. it, hundred percent, really badly. And I think there is a new, um, particularly with the social media, Instagram, and the, these online magazines. There's a new face to mm. this sort of stuff because mm. you're seeing, um, like, even you go to the next extreme, like you know, Playboys and that, which are can't competing in this market anymore so they're they're actually going pg and doing mm-hmm. something different mm-hmm. whereas you got your sea heads and your yum and other mags which are sort of taking a different approach to an age-old thing i suppose right yeah right right yeah i think some of the nicer magazines out there when you look at I guess they're saying the the new Playboy is now going to be like the Treats magazine. I don't know if Treats has adopted that um, that logo yet, but yeah. um, they are actually. I think what Playboy has gone strictly non nude, haven't they? I believe so. The American Playboy, Ameri- yeah, American yeah. Playboy. Um, so I think that just kind of shows a shift of what people want to see. But then at the same time, you have magazines like, uh, the, was it the French magazine, Louis magazine? Yeah, I think so. Um, that's a l- little bit uh, more racy and kind of a throwback to that retro type nostalgic look. Um, mm. And that's that's kind of where I want my work to fall, um, is between that Louis and Treats magazine yep. um, type of look. But it's definitely something that takes a lot of practice. Yeah, it, there's an art to it. Like, mm. I, I've shot some implied and some... I don't mm. like glamour in as we've talked about, so I've sort of steered clear of it. But I've had my fair share of having a go at kind of where you're sitting, and it's tricky. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the age old problem um, I find, particularly of like you know, I'm going to say it. I'm a middle aged white guy. 
you know, t- taking photos of pretty young girls with next to nothing on. It's, it's you know, there's a lot of middle-aged white guys out there who are um, doing it just for the cheap thrill, um, not doing it, not looking at the images per se, but looking at the girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a professionalism which comes from doing this if you do it right. Um, and I suppose... I got introduced to you through a mutual friend, Mark, which may end up on a subsequent show later tonight when we record another, if we record another one. We're currently eating ice cream in your lounge room or kitchen. Um, <laughs> and the dog's chewing my feet, seriously. Um, yeah, uh, and what struck me was your use of form and lighting, like, because you were very much about the natural light, but you're in spaces not outside you're inside you're in modern you had one particular space which you used a lot at one stage um which was the apartment um Mm -hmm. but you're always trying to find an aesthetic with the building the light and the girl yeah yeah i think i'm trying to think where that even stems from because at one point what i became known for shooting was actually supposed to be a lighting test and it actually ended up just getting legs of its own and just took off um so i can't even remember exactly where that inspiration came from what were you shooting before can you even remember I <laughs> um yeah don't make me go to your hard drive oh man i think <laughs> it was really i think portraiture I but of what uh <laughs> oh no it, i think it was always still kind of around lingerie yeah right um i think it, I, I was coming from the angle that the whole sex sells type angle um so i know i knew if i could kind of start off shooting that um that that would kind of build a reputation yeah. Um, so, but then that also what stemmed from that was a whole let's not let's steer away from Maxim the Maxim look, um, and define my own look, um, and then it just kind of branched off to that whole I like the the backlighting type look, um, and then I found a space I could shoot in, and then like I said, it was supposed to be a lighting test, and then it just became a year and a half of that, <laughs> and it was <laughs> pretty a pretty much. amazing space. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. be honest, like you. Yeah. you Particularly, like, just being able to go, oh, can we use it? Yes. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I was a bit spoiled. Um, yeah. But with something like that, um, I think it, it slowly started to cripple me in the, in the aspect that I would go to the same spot every day, and I would look at the kitchen or bedroom or whatever it was. The balcony quite or whatever. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was quite a massive um, condo in the city, but... Um, even though my audience w- would see different images, I would go in there and say, okay, there's that same damn yeah, bedroom. Yeah. How again. am I going to do this right, differently right. again? I, I would imagine it's much like a studio photographer going in, trying to shoot a concept that's relatively the same from their last five concepts and say, how am I, how am I so, going to shoot same, this yeah, like, yeah, I'm looking at a seamless bit of white paper. Right. How can exactly. I make this different every time? Exactly. And that, that's kind of like mine was the, the, white paper is now just a massive floor to ceiling uh, window. Um, I would backlight it so I could whitewash pretty much it was in the background, but you could tell it was that same living room every time. Yeah. And so I started, that's when I started getting into more um, uh, emotive type looks 
um, tighter cropped images, um, stuff like that, where I was still utilizing the great light there, but you couldn't tell that it was that same living room or bedroom or anything. Yeah, doing a lot of blowouts in the background yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, it was it kind of crippled me also in the aspect that it was always indoors, um, even outdoors. It was still kind of in, it is still kind of indoors because it's yep. the same kind of lighting, and um, so. Shortly after, well, shortly after I stopped shooting there, I I made it a point not to shoot indoors and started going more outside into beaches and stuff like that. Yeah, you started. I noticed like you're in the chats we had. You're like, oh, I need to do. We, we've had chats about many things like this, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you started just you know getting up early and going down peninsula yeah. here in Victoria and and you know just going out <clears> on the beach and finding interesting formations. Yeah, well, I actually rely on a lot of uh, the models since they live, a lot of them live down there. <clears throat> I would just ask them if they knew of any s nice spots that they would go to to relax or surf or anything like that. And, um, n you know, you know this as well, just knowing light, you just know what times of the day are best for the types of images you like. Yep. Um, and then you just know that midday, you can still shoot, but you're not going to get the ideal images that you want. Unless, no, no, unless you, could, you have the the rig, like you know, the the gear. Because your images are, well, in your case, are very <clears throat> soft generally. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that softness helps. Well, one, you're using like top quality models for the most yeah. part, and therefore their skins are usually fairly flawless. Right. Them. But but having that, you know, I think you, I think when we first talked, you were shooting like f four or something all the time. Something f two point eight. Well, you were at 2.8, mm. yeah. So you were shooting fairly shallow, mm -hmm. but backing off just enough so it was crisp and sharp. Yeah. Um, but that also with the lighting and the natural light and the fall would actually give you that soft skin look. Yeah. Yeah. So um, whereas a, um, a midday sun, which is much more harsher, you could use it, but mm. it's sort of not your style. I know you've yeah. kind of played with it a little bit. Yeah, and that's something I want to actually play around more with um, in the next six months to a year, um, just because I realized some of the um, editing that I like to do, actually, uh, you actually need that harsh light. Mm. Um, I just need to get out and use it a bit more. And I, I, it's not like I don't know how to use it. It's just not, um, when, you, when you talk to a lot of photographers, it's not like the ideal light. And that's, I think that's because it goes, predominantly we're just lazy. We're inherently lazy. That yeah. We don't want to. We don't, don't want to edit. Yeah, I don't want to edit. I don't want to bring extra gear. I just want my lens in my body and go take well, pictures. Well, yeah, unlike me who has every trick in his bag generally, you, you're very much like camera lens mm -hmm. occasionally reflector. I know you own one. Yeah, I usually have it in my – no, I actually don't even have it in my bag most of the time. Yeah. It's if I remember, and even then I don't want to unfold it because it's – it's just too you much don't time. remember how to fold it back <laughs> yeah, up exactly <laughs> i need an assistant to, to show me how to fold it back up yeah it's <clears throat> it's yeah because that was i i came and did a day with you just to try and break myself out of studio mentality mm. and that was that was interesting like uh, the because i was i think any mm. photographer does enough work and even seen some of the biggest names in the world have these issues like um you get in a rut in your head and it's not because you don't know how to do different different things. It's because you've boxed yourself in mentally and kind of like with you, the, that room or that condo, 
you block yourself in and you go, okay, how the hell can I do this? And there's no nothing wrong, I don't think, with stepping out and going to another photographer like I did with you and go, can I do a day with you or whatever and learn, just see something different and try and break that box? Oh, 100%. Um, well, I, I, you know, I can't speak like I'm some high-end professional because I haven't been in the industry for that long, but I would think from any professional standpoint, um, anyone who thinks they know everything has already doomed themselves for failure. We'll be right back after I hit pause. (laughs) And we're back. So uh, we're talking about, yeah, breaking breaking down barriers, realigning, rethinking, and how I did that with you. Yeah. But how do you do that because you you get pretty introspective yeah so so what what i was uh, trying to expand on was that um so as a for career i'm a chemist and so part of me being a chemist is ongoing um ongoing study with whatever field that i'm i'm in and so i take that sort of uh mentality into photography as well where Regardless of where I'm at and the better I become, there's always going to be somebody who knows more and and can do more. So um, even as I progress, I'll still even, I'll take workshops that are $40 workshops only because I see something that can be beneficial and I can learn from this person, much like an $800 workshop where, you know, you'd hope you would learn more. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think... In in your case, when you came to see me, I knew that you you were kind of going through this idea of trying to break your shell coming out of the mm. studio work, and um, what I found challenging, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's sort of a blessing as well, is that since you have been doing photography for a while, um, the challenge on my end would be to show you things that you don't already know or that. In, in a sense that you know so much already that I kind of have to break you of that yeah. thought rather than having you just say, yeah, I know that, I know that, and kind of brush it off to the side. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you and say, okay, this is how I see it. And yeah. I find it's easier for <clears throat> people that are, are still up and coming that take my workshops because it's, it is one of those, oh, yeah, I already knew that but I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah. When with photographers who've been doing it for a while, it's more dogma. So it's already ingrained in them. Trying to like, uh, you know, a student has come out, a trainee, uh, somebody that's come out of uni or somebody that's been in the job for four years. Yeah, 100%. And then, so me not being in the industry for a long time and have only been doing this for three, a little over three years, um, I can see how somebody who've been who's been doing it for say 10, 15, 20 years looking at me saying what is this guy going to show me that I don't already know. Yeah. But <clears throat> with that said, I like to think that if anyone who looks at my work would be able to see the the amount of time I've put into it mm. and then relate that to what they could learn from me. So, yeah. So, your you you know, bulk of your folio is this 
neon glamour fashion nudie kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. well, i don't know we we keep walking around the terms yeah so I, I just yeah we'll come up with a term someday the, uh, the george <laughs> <laughs> um but i think the big thing a lot of people notice is one the caliber of girls you're usually working with and two the variety you've you've sort of I, I know you don't shoot much at the moment, but you, your output of what you've done over the last uh, two, two years, say, is, mm. is quite... The images are consistent, but the girls vary. Um, and I think... You know, I know you've got a fairly decent rapport with models mm-hmm. and some agencies, though you generally avoid agencies. That's a common thing, though. <laughs> a lot of photographers <laughs> want to avoid agencies. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, how did you start, like, for, for the audience out there, I suppose, who don't get or know how to work with or find models, how, how did you start and how did you build up to the reputation where you can start, you know, working with more higher end? Yeah, that's, that was, I like to think, quite strategic. So, oh, wow, let me think about this one. Um, when I first started out, I approached. Well, first off, you have to be realistic with yourself, and um, it's good to sh- to aim high and to always aim a bit higher than you think you can get. Mm. But you also have to be realistic. So, first starting out, I'm not going to go to one of the top tier agencies, um, you know, like Vivian's or Chadwick's or something, um, giant, and say I want a mainboard model send send her my way. They're just going to laugh at you. They're not even actually probably respond to that. So. When I was looking at these things, I was I was new to Instagram. I actually didn't even know about Instagram for a long time. A model actually told me about it, and she's the one that turned me on to it. And then, so once I got Instagram, I started looking at um, <clears throat> local people, and it wasn't even really models. It was just, I guess you could say, for lack of a better description, just pretty girls with a decent following. Yeah. And decent to me at this time was quite relative. So somebody with like 3,000 followers blew my mind. I'm like, 3,000 people like this person's way. <laughs> exactly. So that's how I started. And then um, I always tell models a story where there's an agency model named um, Emma Emma Burnside with uh, Wink Models. And um, I just aimed high, shot her an email, uh, said I was a big fan of hers, wanted to shoot with her. Uh, she Ended up taking a gamble on me. We created some great work, and it was kind of a snowball effect from there where um, agency models took note of it that I was actually shot with an agency model. Yeah. So it gave me some kind of uh, reputation, I guess you can say. Um, and then from there, I just kept that same frame of thought where, okay, I have agency models now, and I'll just slowly move my way up slowly aim higher and higher and higher and as my quality improved and the amount of agency models increased it was kind of just walked hand in hand mm-hmm. and i just got, i think i just got more brave because i i was quite confident in my work but i wasn't i want i'd like to think i wasn't overly cocky about it yeah. um and so i just started shooting well outside my range <laughs> <laughs> Punching above your weight. Way, way above my weight. Let's he walk into the bar and find the prettiest girl (laughs) way outside his range and go on up and ask her. Yeah, and um, it was I would I would say probably 
eight times out of ten they say they would say yes. Um, so I, 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 that was maybe a bit of luck, but again, I always like to fall back on quality of work that the work to me never lies. And that's, that's relative because I have different tastes than some people. And so if I were to look at, um, avant-garde, yeah. I can appreciate it, but it's not really going to do anything for me. Yeah, um, right. so, um, some people look at my work and say, yeah, that's, so pre- not, it's pretty, but not my thing. Not moving into newborn. No, 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 not yet, not yet. No, it's got a lot of skin. <laughs> yeah, generally, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple, a couple more years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's really what it was. Is that um, just take a gamble because it's you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. And there are so many times that I would send a message and get like that nervous sweat, like, oh, oh God, I know that. what did I just do? No, you hit the send button, oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> like, I hope they're take no, it back, take it back. No, oh, I didn't gone. say anything stupid. I've uh, done that yeah. so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and, and what actually helped me quite a bit was what you were saying, how I have um, a really good rapport with the models I've worked with. Um, so that alone, I think, does a lot for any photographer. Um, cause you know, you and I talk about it and I talk with other photographers, I'll send them a message to say, Hey, how is this model? And if they don't have really good feedback about it, even though I really like their look, I probably won't shoot with that person. Yeah. And so I think that's, that, that's important. Like <clears throat> there's a click within industries and photographers are the same and models are the same and that, and they all have their own little clicks with, with certain people and that, um, and you can see it as well once you get into areas. You can see who talks to each other generally, I think. Yeah. Um, but finding those trusted sources um, within that group who you can go, <coughs> how was this person to work with or what do you think of this or whatever, um, I think is really important. And I think bef- one of the things I was having a problem with and it's sort of only starting to really come together is um, I did feel a lot isolated where I was. So <clears throat> yourself and Mark and, and a few other people I talked to, Ed, who usually co-hosts with me, mm-hmm. we talk about stuff all the time. Like It's finding those people to bounce off who you don't feel pressure that they're competition or anything like that. They're just colleagues. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think you that's you tapped on something major there. Where in this industry, it is one of those things where everyone's walking on everyone's shoulders in the sense that you we're building off of each other, and and sometimes someone will build off another person, um, but the person they built off of goes nowhere, while the person stepping on them is that that's their claim to fame. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of people are, I think anyways, are guarded in this industry, which is understandable, but it it does make it hard to find people like you and Mark and and a handful of others that I really do trust. Like I could tell you guys anything and I know you're not going to use it in your favor against me. Speaking of which, I think a Mark might be at the door. I hope pause. All right, we're back. It's been... 40 minutes and we've totally <laughs> forgotten where we got to. We were talking about clicks and all, you know, trusted friends and circles and, and colleagues. Um, we're probably going to stop here and start another show. Um, now we mark Mark's here because we haven't, 
remembered anything of what we're talking about. <laughs> we'll be honest. This is this is a bit more of a, a an all over the place show. Hang, hang session. Hang hang session, which we're recording. So um, yeah, um, Osbury Smile. You can find me at um, Joffrey Street Productions or Be Moyle on Instagram. And give me the lowdown of yourself, George. Where where can we find you? Um, just Tumblr, uh, George, uh, George Gagno on Tumblr, or uh, just George Gagno um, on Instagram. And the street corner, no. <laughs> <laughs> On most nights, yes. Most nights. Um, thanks for listening, and hopefully the next show isn't so all over the place. <laughs>